Hi guys and welcome to episode 45 of Shaman Talk. My name's Rhonda and I'm your host. This week we're going to be talking about a bit of an edgy subject. We might be pushing some buttons potentially, we might be bringing up some difficult subject matter, a difficult material for people, but I really do feel that this subject is important to know about and to bring out and into the light. And we'll also be doing extra work this week with our animal for July, which is the otter spirit. So when we get to the section two, the journeys and activities, ceremonies and rituals section, then I'm going to give you a little bit of work to do with otter spirit so that we can really work with that sense of um, belonging, friendship, community. And that starts from within us. So we're going to do a little bit of work with otter spirit But before we get to that, we're going to be talking about something that I see, I see it, I see it relatively often, and that is shamanism for shamanism's sake. And I'm going to be talking today about the pitfalls of using spirituality to avoid inner work and the things that you can look at to recognise that issue and also um, ways that if you do recognise that in yourself, ways that you can work to overcome that. Now, it kind of sounds a bit counterintuitive, doesn't it, really? <clears throat> um, using spirituality to avoid inner work. But honestly, it happens all the time. Um, and it's really quite, can be quite pervasive in our um, in the spiritual sphere. And I guess the reason that this is a really tough topic is because it's easy to look like you're doing really good work. It's easy to convince yourself that you're spiritual and that you're good and that you're doing the right thing, especially if you're, you know, journeying every day and kind of practicing lots of different things. But there are some, there's some really key things to watch out for. So before we dive into those key things to watch out for, what I would say is that I really trust that you guys that listen to this podcast, I trust that you listen to this podcast because you're really keen to work with shamanism, you're really keen to work with your spiritual nature, you're really keen to um, weave shamanism into your life and create a better pathway for yourself in this lifetime, a a freer pathway, a pathway with tools and um, you're willing to look at your shadow and you're willing to do hard work and that all comes out in the Facebook group and the share-ins. I'm really like honoured and blessed to work with so many fabulous people. So today, if anything spark something in you that you recognize just be gentle with yourself about it there's no blame or shame here this is simply um something that i've noticed that people just might not realize it's a thing but if it isn't you and you don't recognize this in yourself then it's good to listen anyway because um you can then know that it exists and recognize it in others and then you'll be able to build good boundaries and good protection from people who who just really aren't ethical in their practice Okay, so number one, or the the first thing to say really in this list is practicing shamanism or any other spiritual path doesn't mean or make you a successful spiritual or shamanic person. Okay, just practicing something or doing something doesn't make you A, good at it, or B, um, in a space where you can label yourself as something. Okay, so here are six things that I have kind of thought of today when I've been writing this podcast. Number one, now that I see this a lot, congratulating yourself for all the journeys you've been doing or omen walks or 
podcasts you've been listen to, listening to or books you've read or whatever it is, you're feeling really smug and really pleased with yourself by all the work you've been doing, but you haven't actually made any changes in your life. So I'm going to repeat that. Congratulating yourself for all the journeys or whatever that you've done, that you've been doing without changing anything in your life. So you basically do a journey in the morning, um, you receive information from your guides and then you just go off and live your life as normal. You make no changes, you don't modify your behaviour, you don't look at your shadow, you, you know, maybe you're in the victim space, maybe you blame other people for um, your issues or maybe you're too busy trying to save other people. Um, you're just not actually doing any inner work. You're not changing anything. You're not, you know, if you're not trying, if you're not struggling or trying to change something, then you're not doing the work. You're just journeying. So to journey by itself is really kind of pointless. And actually, probably eventually your guides will stop speaking to you anyway because they'll be they'll be thinking they they'll be showing you that you have the information that you need and that you need to do the work yourself. So that's something to watch out for. Number two, and you know, we've all been here, right? There's no, I've been here in the past, but thinking that you are superior to others because you connect with your guides and work spiritually and they don't, or you're better at it, or you're more further on than someone else, or you basically, in your mind, you're creating a hierarchy and you're feeling pretty good, you're feeling pretty superior. Now that is a really good sign that there's some inner work there to do. Um, and that if you experience that, it's a huge red flag that you're being driven in your spiritual work by your ego. So if that is you, there are plenty of ways to work with that. Be gentle with yourself. Again, no blame or shame. We're only recognising. We're only recognising so that we can shift our perception and shift the work that we do. Okay, number three. Now this is a big one, right? I see this all the time. And to be honest, I really have to work hard not to, still to this day, because I'm a saviour, not to do this um, and not to disempower people in their own path. But put really simply, number three is giving unsolicited advice to others because you think you know better than they do about their experience in this life. Now, I've been seeing, I've seen in the Facebook group a few people kind of edging into giving unsolicited advice, which I've asked people not to do. And I think that we do a really good job in our group of keeping that to an absolute minimum and we really do, we really don't allow it. So there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one is that it's horrible to get inundated with advice from people who don't know Yeah, you don't know who they are, you don't know what their experience is. You, How can you trust that what they're saying to you is even real? Like it's just really overwhelming when you're just trying to share your soul or bear your soul to people and all you get is a load of unsolicited advice it's really unpleasant um but also the people giving the unsolicited advice are often in the savior mode and what i always encourage people to do is if you're if you're in the habit of giving people advice or saying the words you should do this or you should do that there's there's a real possibility that you're using spirituality and and moving into the saviour archetype in order to avoid your own work so you feel really good and you're feeling way better because you're telling other people what to do and it makes you feel good but actually you're not doing any of the work yourself now 
Uh, what I'm not saying is that if you offer unsolicited advice to people that you're not doing your own inner work. But what I'm saying is that it is a distraction from your inner work. It just simply is. And I know that because I've been that that person, that saviour. I've rushed in to save people and ended up in a right mess, energetically, spiritually or otherwise. I, f- I find it very difficult to overcome that as a woman in this culture I'm I'm brought up to be a saviour to look after other people to put my own needs second and I definitely did use that as a numbing technique or or a technique to avoid my spiritual work for a while when I was first starting out with this work because I was so desperate to help other people but what I didn't realize that that desperation to help other people was actually a desperation to help myself so if you recognize this then I suggest that you start to work and I've got some tips later in the episode where you can start to work on releasing that need to give unsolicited advice and sometimes it's a real need for people and a real drive and it can be um, really unpleasant for the person giving the advice no less than the people receiving it. Okay so number four jumping from modality to modality from thing to thing never fully immersing yourself in one aspect that's a great way to avoid inner work or real inner work it's a great indication that maybe there's inner work in there that's going to be very difficult for you to do and that your subconscious is trying to help you avoid it. And, and that's totally understandable. Sometimes the work we have to do is difficult and messy and dark and scary. But jumping from thing to thing to thing, hoping that there's a magic wand in one of these modalities is never going to work. You have to pick one thing and sure, pick something that brings you joy and that you really enjoy doing, like shamanism, but pick one thing and immerse yourself in it at least for a while. Now, I know some people who immerse themselves in Reiki and then come to shamanism later and end up merging Reiki and shamanism together, for example. That's absolutely fine. I'm not saying never do anything else. I'm just saying that if you skip about reading books, going to retreats, and there's always a new shiny object on the horizon, then you're never going to get the depth of work you're looking for. So if you you recognise this, just stop pick something and spend some time with it deeply and properly okay so number five this is another um a pitfall or something that i notice that people use to avoid their inner work expecting shamans gurus yogi or yogis or whoever to fix you or hand you a magic wand okay so people who work with me um, who've worked with me for a while will know that I don't have a magic wand I don't pretend to have a magic wand and if anybody is looking for a magic wand from me then I generally won't work with them and that is because expectations need to be managed this work that we do is all for me anyway and for the clients and students that I work with is all about radical personal responsibility looking after yourself being your own your own guru being your own yogi I mean I love working with people and yes I have experience in shamanic work. Yes, I teach people. Yes, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Um, you know, I, I work with people all the time on a one-to-one basis. But what I will never say to people is, I can fix you. What I do is I hold space for people. I give The guides will come through and maybe there's healing to be done. You know, we do work with um, soul loss and power loss and all these things that practitioners can really support you with. But at the end of the day, you can go to 10,000 healings 
or however, however many that's a bit high but you know you can go to a lot of healing things you can go to sign baths you can see practitioners but if you don't put the work in yourself it won't work or at least it will work for a small amount of time so say you guys who are quite new and you've come to me recently for one-to-one work and you feel amazing that that's great and it will give you like maybe two or three months of momentum and support as you make the changes necessary in order to keep that feeling and to you know to keep yourself moving forward um but you need to do that work there's no magic wand here the work has to be done by you so there's like that sacred triangle as i call it there's you the person there's the practitioner who would potentially be me and then there's your spiritual team your guides but you're at the top of that triangle and a triangle doesn't work if there aren't three points so you know that's really important so if you're just lying around being irritated at your at your shaman or your guru or your whoever because what they're doing isn't working for you then that's a real indication that you are avoiding inner work and you're expecting someone else to do it for you which will never work by the way so number six this is kind of similar to number five but also um a bit different as well so elevating educators and healers above yourself and onto a pedestal so ultimately what you're doing there is you're giving your personal power away to other people and you'll never find your own confidence in your in yourself or in your work now it's okay to really love an educator or, or a shaman or a yogi or really really appreciate what they've done for you or hold like such gratitude in your heart that's great do that but they're not better than you they're not higher up than you there's no hierarchy in this work I'm just here holding space for anybody who happens to cross my path. But we're the same. Like, you will know more than I do about many things. And and if that happens, that I need to learn something from you, then then that my heart is open to that. And I learn from my students and the people that I work with all the time. We're all in this together in circle. Um, and for sure, there are times where I hold space really strongly, and especially like in the Facebook group, I hold that space really strongly so it's a safe space for people. That's what I do in my groups. But I'm not above anybody else. And I don't want anybody to put me above anybody else. So a lot of the time, anybody who's worked with me before will really feel that. Um, If anybody wants me to be their guru or their um, yogi or their shaman on a pedestal, you know, up above on some mountain, then I I push that away. I don't allow it. It's not comfortable for me. I don't want to be on a pedestal. That's a high place to fall from. So when you do that, you you put somebody on a pedestal like that, what it essentially does is it takes the focus away from your own work. It makes it seem unattainable and something that you can't, you're never going to manage. And it can actually be quite helpful when you're trying to avoid inner work or you're, you're facing resistance with your inner work. And just on a side note, watch out for people like that who will take your power and gladly be elevated on a pedestal. Like, that's a massive red flag for anybody. And I'm not just talking about in shamanism, I'm talking about anywhere. Keep your eye out for that. Same, be really good to avoid that kind of person, especially in the spiritual community. Okay, so those are the six things that um, basically create a way for people to feel like they're doing really good work but they're actually just avoiding the work that they need to do and I'm using the word avoid and I think that that's it's an interesting word I'm being very firm usually my language is a lot softer 
and by using the word avoid it, it's almost I make it sound like you're, you or whoever resonates with this as a message is doing it on purpose but what I'm saying is you're not doing it on purpose necessarily you might already know this in which case then you're doing it on purpose but for those of you who are brand new to this information you can think about it as well like resistance so things like expecting someone else to fix you or jumping from modality to modality or giving unsolicited advice to people that could also be seen as a form of resistance resistance to change fear it can also be manifested fear about a specific thing that you need to work with you know there's no blame or shame in any of this this is just factual information that sometimes people trip up on these specific things when it comes to working with shamanism so if you recognize any of these in yourself and you want to make changes then just stop for a second and congratulate yourself really do congratulate yourself it's hard to admit these things on this list and I've been there myself you know patting myself on the back for all the journeys I've done and then realized I hadn't changed a damn thing and I'd wasted six months of, of an earlier training that I had done because I you know I just hadn't been doing any of the work turns out it wasn't wasted it was exactly what I needed at the time but I've been there thinking that I'm superior to other people I've definitely been there giving unsolicited advice to others my friends really disliked me for quite a long time because I was so keen to share what I had learned do this do this oh you should do this it's amazing but it was amazing for me but that doesn't mean it's going to be amazing for everybody else so I've been there you know jumping from thing to thing I did that my whole life looking for someone else to save me absolutely been there you know so there's no blame or shame here and if you recognize any of these congratulate yourself for being bloody brave and for being able to look at your shadow and look at the things that maybe we're doing that we that we can overcome and say well done for being and and meeting me in this space well done for meeting me in this space because it's a difficult space to be in and also please be gentle with yourself I'll have no sticks here I'll have nobody beating themselves up about this I'll have no guilt we don't know what we know until we know and then as Maya Angelou says when we know better we do better okay so just if that's you right now don't let go of that guilt Okay, so next we're going to move on to the the section of activities and things to do and um, so if you want to hop off and get yourself pen and paper but everything's available on the show notes at centreforshamanism.com forward slash 45 so you can get the information there and I'll see you just in a second. welcome back to part two of episode 45 of shaman talk we're now into the doing part of the podcast and i think that um this part of the podcast is very important to point out i changed the format of the podcast however many weeks ago now to include this section because i realized that um one of the most important things of shamanic work is putting it into practice so i created this section to give you guys ideas and pointers about how you can what journeys you can do and then how you can put things into practice so hopefully this week you'll find this section really useful so the first thing I'd like you to do and we're going to go back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast is we're going to just do a journey to the otter spirit this month and the otter spirit is about never being alone never being isolated being part of a tribe community whether that's in 
whether shamanic guides or whether that's with our family or friends, I don't know for you. Only you'll know that. But what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to go on a journey and and ask to be taken to meet Otter Spirit. Now, if Otter is already a guide for you, then you can just change that slightly. But you're going to ask to be taken to a place to meet Otter Spirit and to be shown what it means to be part of a tribe. Ask what it, a true member of a tribe, what it means to truly belong. We're not talking about fitting in here, changing yourself to fit in with other people. We're talking about truly belonging. What does that feel like? What does it look like? And then you're going to ask to be shown something that you can do in this life when you come back from your journey to put into practice to help you to truly belong in this life. So that's the first thing I'd like you to do this week. Now, the next thing I'm going to do is give you three things, three ways to start to shift those behaviours that we talked about in part one. Now, the first thing is that I'd like that I do to make sure that I am putting things into practice is that I have what are called personal projects. Okay, so if you ask any of my friends or my husband, I've always got a project, a personal project on the go that I'm working with right now. And what I'm working with at the moment is another layer of, for myself, is another layer of vulnerability. So for me, being vulnerable doesn't come easy to me. It's not something that's very natural. Um, And I really struggle with it. So that's my personal project at the moment, is to work with being more open, more vulnerable, and allowing people to see me and my vulnerability. So that's my personal project. So what I'd like you guys to do is I'd like you to choose a couple of things to work on like that like say my current one is working with my vulnerability but other examples of the things that you could work with for me in the beginning of my shamanic training it was all about working with my negativity and my toxic thoughts I was one I was so negative and so toxic uh, I say that all the time but it was true I, I look back now and I was a completely different person but I had to make it a project I had to work really hard on it I read books about it um, I put things into place, I used mantras to change my thoughts and to heal the way that I was thinking about things. I looked back to my childhood to figure out why I was so negative. You know, I did lots of actual work to change the way that I thought. So that could be a, a good idea for a project. If you struggle to figure out what a good personal project would be, then you can do a journey and ask your guides. Okay. So the second thing I'd like you to try this week, and I want everybody to try this, just to see if anything comes of it. I would like you to stop telling other people what to do. Now, obviously within reason, if you have a job as a manager or, you know, you run a department or you run a company, you know, that's fine. If it's your job to tell people what to do. But what I'm talking about is family, friends, husbands, wives, parents, whoever, kids, Stop telling them what to do. Just don't do it for seven days. Go seven days without telling a soul what to do and notice how hard that is for you. If it's really difficult and every half an hour or every hour you're choking down, telling, you know, you're choking something back, then this really tells you that there's work to be be done. Now, obviously, what's coming up in my mind right now is that the parents out there are going to be screaming, what do you mean I can't tell my kids what to do? Like, that's, you know, that's all I do. I tell my kids what to do all the time. If your kids are younger and they need that support, fine. But, you know, if your kids are older, maybe try just giving them a break and not telling them what to do all the time. And you might be surprised at the outcome of that. I'll leave, You guys will know best how that will work for you in your life. But 
give it a try for seven days. Go without as much as you can without telling other people what to do or giving any advice or any solutions to things if they're not asked for. So if a friend comes to you and says, oh, I'm, I need help, then fine, I guess. But, you know, for those of you who are really keen for a big project, take it to the extreme. Just don't give anybody any advice or any solutions for seven days and figure out how hard that is for you. And if you really struggled with it, there you go. It is a really good indication that you have work to do there. And then number three, this is something I'd like you to do now, but also in the future, like forever, when you do shamanic work. For every journey that you do, or omen walk, or just general connecting in and whatever way works for you, I want you to write down the action that you need to take and then take the action before you do another journey. Okay, if you received healing in a journey, then what I recommend that you do as well is ask what you can do to integrate the healing you've received into your life. So your guides might give you a ritual or some kind of self-care thing that you need to do or some kind of elemental um, work, you know, working with a river or the ocean or something like that. So if you do a journey, I want you to write down the action that you need to take and then take it before you do another journey. And then if you are doing a journey, but it's a healing journey, so in healing journeys, obviously, we don't necessarily, we aren't given actions to take. If it feels right to you and your guides give you one, then ask what you can do to integrate the healing you've received. Okay. So those are the three things that I recommend that you do to help you to um, work with the pitfalls of using spirituality to avoid inner work. I know this was an edgy subject and I know that it might be difficult for some people to listen to. The other thing, that one last tiny, tiny thing that might be quite helpful is that if you are really irritated, if you hear me say this and you're like, I know somebody that's just like that and they do this and they do that and you're really irritated and you're really triggered by that, that's usually a really indi- good indication that you are actually irritated with yourself and that there's something going on within you. Now, the guides have just brought that to me in this moment, so maybe that will resonate for somebody who's listening to this podcast. So thank you for being brave this week. Thank you. For, if you've got to the end of this podcast, well done. Um, I really do uh, love and cherish the connection that we all have. And when I bring forward tough tough topics and edgy, edgy topics, um, I really do always want to say that it's from a place of divine spirit, divine love. These subjects need to be talked about. These edgy things need to be brought out and talked about. Otherwise, we'll just bob along, never really get into the depth of, of healing and transformation that we're looking for. So well done for immersing yourself in this week's podcast. And I'd love to hear how you get on in our Shaman Talk Facebook group. And I'll see you all same time, same place next week. so much for listening to this podcast I really appreciate it if you're loving the messages and loving listening to this podcast then pop over to centreforshamanism.com forward slash subscribe and sign up to our mailing list Mm -hmm.